0: welcome everybody to the art artist business podcast my name is jessica rochick and i'm with the amazing tony gardner tony is a cinematographer and a director he's worked on television shows such as neighbors and home and away and uh, he's also our creative director of the film department at the american arts film and television academy so welcome tony
1: Thanks for having me, Jess. How are you? I'm
0: good. I'm good. So as you know, I kick off every podcast with a question about if you could have a dinner with three people and you could talk about art, artists and the business, who would these three people be? And then in a, in a part two edition, if you could invite an extra two people that you could, you know, talk, I always say like talk shit with till 3am, you know, get crazy with, let loose, let your freak flag fly. Uh, Who would they be and why? And I want to know all the whys.
1: (laughs) All the whys. Okay, very good. (laughs) Um, I think for dinner, um, I'm a huge fan of comedy and clever comedy um, in writing, not just straight up slapstick, but um, so you would kind of have to put Judd Apatow at the top there. Also for business, because he's a really savvy dude. He attaches himself to very smart and funny people um, and lets them run projects as well and kind of oversees them and mentors them. I think it'd be really value- valuable. I'm kind of going a two for one on the second one with Seth Rogan and Evan Goldberg. They're kind of just because of their producing prowess. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously Seth's a very funny dude, very funny writer good director is 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 shown himself to have multiple strings to the bow but they're producing talents um on things like Future Man and the Boys and Black Monday you just kind of watch these shows and you kind of see his name pop up in the credits and you're like Holy, shit, holy crap, is that Seth? Like, you know, and, and Evan, have they done another thing? Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of like, especially when you've got a profile like Seth does, it's just amazing that they do that in the background. Um, for the art, uh, harking back to my director of photography days, uh, or current director of photography days, um, Mr. Roger Deakins, the greatest living cinematographer, debatable like all artists, but uh, in my humble opinion, the greatest living cinematographer that we have. Um the man is, is is the very definition of artist, uh, what he can and can't do with light uh, and the way he tells story. And for him, the reason I love him as a cinematographer is that we often get caught up in our cinematography world. Uh, it's a weird position in the fact that it's craft and it's also technical. Where director is a lot of, or acting, is a lot about the craft there's there's technical aspects of course but uh cinematography is inherently tied to technology mm-hmm. as we've gone through film to digital uh there's a new camera out every week lenses blah 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 but roger's driven by story but he and he doesn't let the technical get in the way of it he's got a very strong technical understanding of course he does he's one of the greats but for him, he's completely story-driven. It's about uh, the story first and foremost. And that's how I approach cinematography. So I'd love to have him sitting at the table for sure. Um, I think, And I think that would just be a, a pretty interesting table. Uh, Hell yeah. A you know, bit of funny, bit of art. So, um, yeah.
0: Awesome. And then, Part two. So who would you yes. get loose with? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, I am going for yourself miss miss jess i'd run away i'd get oh. you with that point. um I, I thought about it long and hard and the reason why is because i've never met someone more passionate about our business and i say Aww. business in the craft and the business sense um you're incredibly savvy nothing will stop you pandemic be damned. I'm going to work harder. Um, I'm going to write, I'm going to organize meetings. I'm going to organize classes. I'm going online. I'm preparing post pandemic. Um, you're a force of nature and it is just so infectious whenever we have zoom meetings or I teach, or we talk about the, you know, the courses we've got coming up, um, both you and Rob, I'd probably throw Rob in there as well. You guys are, a, are a, a force to be reckoned with. And it's, um, ever since I've been brought into the, the, the family, I, um, yeah i just i I love it uh it's it's just it's so infectious especially during these times as we spoke about off air that uh, we're heading into lockdown gosh whatever version we're in 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 melbourne in australia at the moment um it's just so wonderful to have this connection to to the outer family and um and be part of it and uh so i think and also I've had a few drinks with you. Uh, you're a good time on the drinks. <laughs> as well. I reckon that we'd end up in a corner talking about business and how and how we can take over the world, wherever that is. So, um, yeah. So yourself and and yeah, your, and, your, um, and Mr. Rob. But again, I'm going for a two for one. So you guys two are for, two one. for one.
0: Okay, good and, package. Uh, good package. And I'd probably
1: throw in uh, Jordan Peel. Uh, oh wow. Oh, I'd love that.
0: I'd actually be really excited to sit up and talk to Jordan Peele. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's just so interesting, right? I mean, the guy started in sketch comedy, Mad TV, Second City, obviously with a great passion for horror films and cinema as a general rule. But the guy's a sketch comedian, albeit one of the greatest of all time. But then he goes and just goes, okay, cool that part of my career is done i'm just going to make some of the best write and make some of the best films and direct some of the best films to get nominated for oscars within like i think they 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 stopped doing Key and peel 2016 by 2018 he'd been oscar nominated and you know doing all these fabulous films and just from his obviously encyclopedic knowledge of horror genre in particular but cinema language and all those things and um, I think, again, being a massive comedy fan, I think that uh, someone like that who can have a foot in, in the comedy world, which is such a unique world in its own, but also have a real handle on cinema language and cinema history and an appreciation for it, and I think he'd probably like a drink too, let's be honest. So um, watching his sketch comedy, he was also uh, a proponent of, um, it's, well, it's legal in California, you know, recreational, so um, I is, think he'd be a good time at 3 here. o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah. yeah no wow cool, really like really, really interesting group of people, and obviously, I love that you want us to sit and talk with me today actually this is the second time I heard that today, so it was it's uh it look i as you know, I do love talking till three a m and I mean i just started a, I just started a podcast where I'm gonna do some more talking, so I Excellent. feel like I'm really drilling it in um you said something me before that really sparked a question and and this has been something that's been coming up, and you were talking I think you were a little bit talking about um uh uh with, with deacons and he's, and he's leading by story. And, and I'd love to sort of get your take on, on, you know, your point of view as a director on leading with story, because um, you know, storytelling, I think is so um, important to what we do in this business and really like getting, you know, to the crux of the why and, and what, what kind of story are we telling and, and what audience are we reaching? And I'd love to sort of hear your viewpoints on that.
1: Yeah, I've always been driven by story uh, where, you know, like actors kind of go to theatre uh, and theatre for actors is, is kind of, they describe it as an actor's medium because it's all about story, right? In filmmaking, there's so many cogs and we can get caught up as directors, actors, art department, uh, sound department, like all these different departments and whichever department you're working in is very important to you. And we can get it all caught up in the cogs. And I just think that's, once you lose sight of the story, your project's dead in the water. Um, people sitting at home in front of their TVs, or going to the cinema when we can go to the cinema again, they, they the story is what engages people. Uh, yeah. You kind of and that's from a very basic level to the to Hollywood big blockbusters. Um, so I've always been a story-driven creative, uh, even when uh, in my camera assisting days I was always not heard definitely because it's camera assisting on drama sets um the less that the director and actors have to like uh, a worried about the, the palaver that we all do uh the more focused they can be on driving that story so one of my best compliments i got from an actor when i was shooting on home and away was like we never see you are you on set And i was like great you're not thinking about what i do you're not thinking about hitting that light i i liked to paint a stage for for the actors to not hit, have to hit their lights or, you know, if they didn't quite hit their mark, then that's okay. The operators and the lighting can deal with those things. Sure. It may have sacrificed the look a little bit that I was going for, but that's the trade off because I don't think, um, that the people sitting at home are necessarily going wow that that lighting could have been 5% better mm-hmm. but if it can make the performance 50% better because it's taking something out of the actor's head then I've done my job as a cinematographer so I've definitely carried that across to my directing I start first and foremost always with story um mm-hmm it's a little tricky on Neighbours because it's obviously we're 46 weeks a year there's anywhere up to 10 directors working on it um we're very fortunate to have at the helm Jason Herbertson as executive producer who's a brilliant brilliant um at story uh, mm-hmm. and story is key for him and also keeping the fans of the show engaged he's very very in touch with our fans and what mm. they want and so our heritage characters bringing them back and our heritage storylines making sure that they're, they're engaged. So it's Good to have him as the as the, the the overall storyteller, then Nat Lynch the series producer, she was very very good at, at telling those stories uh, and and keeping on top of that with the writing department, making sure all, all the directors were working towards telling a unified storyline uh, but yeah so i've definitely carried this my storytelling abilities from cinematographer into directing and I kind of try and hammer that home with my actors uh, Mm. when they start worrying about technical things, or they're like, my character wouldn't potentially do that and I'm like uh, is that is is it serving the story that yes. it's not it's not about the little thing that you think your character would or wouldn't do obviously that does come into it but this might be a story point or you might not know about where your character's going so your character may need to do this because your character is taking long-term change especially on a long-form drama like Neighbours where some stuff you know can move at glacial pace and some stuff can move really fast so yeah pretty long winded way of saying at the beginning of every project, it doesn't matter whether it's film, TV, theater, in the creative, even even commercials. When I was in, mm-hmm. working on TVCs, story is king. You've got 30 seconds to engage someone in a story in a, TVC, in a good TVC, and the ones that the TVCs that are spoken about are ones that have great stories and tell a great story in 30 seconds. Like the latest Nike spot that's doing the, the round. Oh,
0: two. isn't that fantastic?
1: Right? And it's so, it's so engaging because of story yeah like it was a cool little technique, but people are engaged in the story so mm-hmm. that's that's what that that's that's key
0: was was there like a specific film that uh or or story actually i'm gonna actually key on what you just what we're discussing that really motivated you like growing up that there was just a story that kind of made you go oh this is why I do what I do because I know we've been talking a little bit about this lately, just in, in the classes and stuff, but just talking about how story is bigger than us and the importance of authenticity to that. So it's like, you know, quite often, I think as artists, probably not so much in the technical, which is kind of why I like, I, I call my, left brain right brain my 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 actor performer and my um and my business and you know and producer and writer which is two different versions but um because you know ego comes into it a lot you know and it can sometimes just detract from what what we're doing as storytellers, you know, but because it's so important to realise that what you think sometimes isn't as important, what would this character say? You have to be true to, to really letting somebody else's experience shine through the screen. So, you know, going back again to that question, was there like a a story in your life that really moved you and you and really touched you into that co- same capacity?
1: Like a story as in my personal life? or as No, you know, well, no, as, as,
0: as a film or, a, yeah, you know, sure. based on um, a true story or... I mean even in your personal life let's get, let's go both let's go both yeah look I
1: I don't look I always come back to and it's kind of a cliche and stereotypical but because of how he plays with stories Tarantino yeah. I think um he's he's had one or two misfires but his early early you know pop fiction reservoir dogs Reservoir Dogs is great simple act one you know it is storytelling it's great but then his ability to play with story and kind of uh think of new ways to tell a story i.e. pulp fiction you know playing with the timeline the way he did and then which has been endlessly copied to nowhere near the success that he did it and then you know it's kind of yeah it's it's probably been overused now to a certain certain degree. Um, I think growing up, that had a big impact on me, that film, Pulp Fiction, and the way you can tell a story and the, mm. the, the different way, like, once you understand and know the rules, how you can play with story. Um, so that that had a big, big impact on me for sure. Um, in more modern times, I think long-form television has a big effect on me. So you're breaking bads, definitely. Um, so that has driven me to want to pursue high-end television i think just Mm. because you get these characters and as opposed to having two and a half hours to tell a story and an arc and get involved you've got like you know they saw the potential of breaking bad you've got seasons so you Mm. can really really drill down on these characters and you can get involved in their lives and their stories and you can also change on them like you know people uh like sky walter's wife you know people like felt sorry for and then she became kind of a a pillar for criticism, and then you know Walt's journey on his way uh, to becoming from good to bad, and then Jesse's from go- uh, bad to good, and just where that all intersects and where you, you lie. And it's such a in-depth character exploration on stories such as Breaking Bad, where you've got five, six seasons of 12 one one-hour reps to mm. get involved um then expanding on that like uh, you and i had a, again on our fair discussion about uh limited series so things are like Love the that. end of the fucking yes. world
0: yes um
1: you know russian doll uh you know the greatest russian doll i'd probably sneak into the after party a little um uh, dinner party I think maybe we'd, we'd maybe go for kick-ons at their house because those women are, it, uh, I think what they did with Russian Doll was extraordinary I, I read an article apparently that they it was only ever meant to be limited season but they've gone they're, they're discussing ways with Amy Poehler to to produce a second series wow.
0: um,
1: so again I, I think Russian Doll is a perfect example of of probably doing the, the time-lip storytelling um, quite well uh, and, and messing with the timelines of stories so I mean I think it's all the I get interested by, by different unusual ways of t- selling, telling story and yeah. ability to tell long form stories. So you're breaking bad. I think if we break it down, the thing that had most effect on me, Pulp Fiction, because it, it taught me that story doesn't necessarily need to be what you think it is. Um, you can play around with it. Uh, then you've got Breaking Bad, where you can do big in-depth character studies and long, story, long interesting story arcs. Uh, and then things like Russian Doll or Palm Springs, you know, the time loop, kind of a limited series um, way of telling a story where you've got sort of six or seven hours. But that, in, in today's binging culture, that keeps you engaged for a day. You know, it's quite yeah. funny. If you release that as a seven hour film, people would go, I'm never watching it, but guaranteed they're watching it all on their Saturday evenings because they just its so engaging, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's the beauty of where uh series has definitely expanded to over the, you know, what well, I probably say the last decade, you know, really, it's like sort of yeah. started to become uh, more engaging and, you know, you do want to, like, it's actually funny, I'm watching uh, Normal People, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's... No, um, it's on my
1: list um, oh, now. I've got plenty of time now, we're back yeah, in the No, yeah, yeah.
0: it's... Um, but it's amazing because you, you sort of, you feel like you are actually sitting down to a movie and they're just obviously like small, you know, I think it's like 25 or 27 minute, you know, episodes. Um, and it's just so engaging. And then before you know it, you're like, oh gosh, I've got to watch another. Oh, oh. Because the yeah. characters, this evolution of these characters through these like episodes, it's just been kind of um, incredible to watch it. Like the, the story, again, story, but, but I, what I really like is just, the flaws. I'm going to call it the flaws. Mm-hmm. You know where you can see a character's flaw, but but you're so engaged in the flaw because it's so real, and it's yep. so relatable, um, and it's so authentic. And so all of a sudden, just watching that and and seeing how that flaw becomes either you know something for them to overcome or a strength that they can build upon. Um, I ju- it was just it's just kind of amazing. So I, I love that you talk about series because I think that's where it's it's really kind of pushed in breaking bad. I would say the same thing. It's the floor, but how the yeah. flaw becomes the strength, you know, yeah. and it's that evolution that, that really engages audiences. It really keeps you sort of captivated um, and wanting to watch what happens next. And, and I actually think the same can be said for actors. And I don't know if actors realize this too, because, like obviously we've been talking a lot too this week in, in our Empowering the Artist classes is, is, um, is we call it Vulnerability Week, but it's, you know, <laughs> goal, goal setting and intentions. But we say it's Vulnerability Week because we sort of say, you know, part of your job is to kind of show up and, and, and be vulnerable. You know, one of the yeah. people I was talking about in... Uh, one of my podcasts was, you know, at my dinner table, I'd want Brienne Brown, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's like discovered this power of vulnerability and how, you know, it's this place for, it's a birthplace for, you know, creativity and change and why it is because you just, you kind of just have to show up and let people see you and whether or not it, you win or you lose, it doesn't really matter because people just get to see you. Um, and that's kind of the essence I think for me in in what we're trying to teach in, at least within a school as well with action it's like that's what people want to see i mean as a director i'm sure that sometimes you see that on set you know an actor just comes on and they just all of a sudden just open themselves up and and show you like you yeah. know just a piece of yeah. their soul and you go oh that's so engaging um, oh, have, yeah, have, have you ever had an experience like that or someone that you've been really sort of like oh like just
1: yeah oh happiness. look i'm really really lucky uh, the shows that i work on um just because they are a breeding ground ground for Australian talent. So kind of, you know, it's hard, you're hard pressed to find an actor that didn't come through um, Home and Away or Neighbours. And so I'm very fortunate that I see that quite often. It is one of the joys about directing that I didn't kind of get in cinematography is when you go through all your rehearsals, line run, block throughs, uh, and then you hit the red button, you do a take and an actor makes a choice. And they've come so vulnerable and so ready and they know their character intimately well. And they make a choice that I, as a director, who has spent weeks kind of going over the scripts and blocking them out and working out intentions and blah, blah, blah. And this actor makes a simple little choice and it could just be an inflection on a word and because they're so open and they feel safe in that space. And it, you do, you, your jaw hits the ground and you're like, I didn't even think of that, but that's made that story so much better. And it is, you just punch in the air behind the monitor and you're like, and it's just, it's it's such a wonderful experience. And quite often it is one of the younger actors who have come and they've come from either just wanting to be an actor and taking courses uh, such as the ones we provide or whether they're neither trained or whether they're not trained at all. Um, Sometimes, you know, the, the training for the technicalities is obviously wonderful, but you know, just that, that, that innocence and that vulnerability that can come sometimes come from a young actor. And they just make a choice that you didn't think about. It's quite humbling as a director. Sometimes you, you kind of, cause you think you're across it and you want to, you take these young actors under your wing and kind of teach them and nurture them. And, and especially in such an intimidating environment, such as, as Home and Away and Neighbours can be, cause it's just such a machine that, you know, choose, churns through people um but those wonderful little moments of vulnerability are just it's uh it's it's yeah as i say, quite humbling and and wonderful and you just kind of look at that and you know for the simple television at the at the end of the day of what we're making but it just brings a real as you a word you 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 say authenticity to it Mm-hmm. That no matter how rushed our scripts are because we're behind because of the pandemic or because the overages or whatever happened, but it just brings an authenticity to it that I may have been worried about as a director of this particular storyline wasn't quite gelling uh, or whatever reason it might be. And then you just, it's, it's what vulnerability and authenticity can bring to a show. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, it, it, can, it can save a scene. It can save an episode, it can save a block of episodes, just these little, little moments that, and choices that an actor makes if they come to set and they're ready to be vulnerable. Um, and you take, you remove ego out of it and you just, yeah, which is hard to do and, you know, because you're walking onto set with these, all these people as we've spoken about before that can be kind of intimidating and they've got a second language and all that kind of stuff. But if, if an actor comes to set ready to be vulnerable and ready to, to be authentic and, and just allows themselves that space and if I create a space that is safe enough for them to do that, uh, there's very few feelings at work that come close to, come close to that experience.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. And it's even, I mean, obviously you get to see it so much every day on set, which is so powerful, but I, I would even say the same for when I'm sitting in classes, when I see someone actually just show me a piece of themselves, but also I think just because of the bravery that it instills in them to realize, Oh, I'm capable of actually showing somebody that, um, and more importantly, that people receive it really well. I think that's, you know, because as you know, we have such a, uh, actually, this is a really good sort of segue into a question, but, um, as you know, we have such a, issue with tall poppy syndrome in Australia and, and, oh, yeah. and just the lack of, I would say the support for the arts. What would you like to see? Like if you could, you know, wave a magic wand over Australia and in our industry and see a shift in the industry, what would it be? What would be the major shift you would like to see uh, moving forward post COVID?
1: More support for the people in our industry. Uh, I think um, is the arts over the past let's say five to 10 years is sort of we're always on the chopping block. Uh, We're always the first to run, you know, especially the the actors and the people with profile in our industry, the first, you know, when the fires happen, they're they're offering up their services and time and uh, profiles to full causes. And it just, we're always an afterthought with um, the current, administration. Um, and I just think that we, we need more support. Um, uh, I think it's important to tell Australian stories, um, you know, what's happening with the, the, the pandemic at the moment and the, the incentives that are being given um, to entice overseas productions. I think that's, it's good. I'm not going to knock that at all. Uh, It it keeps people employed, it keeps our crews employed, Uh, but we can't lose sight of the importance of Australian stories and supporting Australian stories. Um, And I think the support in the arts also comes down to uh I probably tracked off a little bit from your question, but I think it's no. an important point is um is mental health. Um yes. I know a lot of people at the moment who are struggling big time. I've got friends who work in the music industry. We're we're a little luckier in the film that we've been able to get back up. Um and I think hopefully the northern states will stay back up and working. Um Victoria's looking a little bit sketchy, we'll see what happens there. But uh I know I struggle with my own mental health. Um I think a lot of people in our, our industry do. Uh it's 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 a tough industry. Um and I think that there there needs to be an acknowledgement of that. Uh, uh, because important industry. It's it's an important industry. It's not just a frivolous thing. Uh, it's not just something that people, you know, flick on it at night and and you know go i'm just going to watch this it's it's an important industry to tell australian stories it's important for other people's mental health who aren't in our industry it's an escape for them it's something that they love telling stories it's something that they connect with other friends and family about did you see the latest episode of blah 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 and they talk about it it's it's such an intrinsic part of our life from the very highbrow theatre and, you know, STCs and MTCs, Melbourne Theatre Company, Sydney Theatre Companies and all that, right through to the home and away neighbours. I think, you know, it's it's a shared experience. And so what we provide is is helpful for the mental health of other people. But the people in our industry, even before COVID, um, were really, can can struggle with it, with their mental health and I think that's really important so when I say support what I, if I wave the magic wand I say support for the industry as a whole yes. um, support for Australian stories support for the cast and crew working in that industry because the minute we undervalue the arts we start getting into real trouble we lose you know our, our culture our storytelling ability and uh just we we lose perspective on ourselves as 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 a society and culture in this country um we don't have the population of america or just to 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 create without the help of government assistance and i think that uh we can't undervalue the arts uh, we undervalue the arts at our peril so if i wave the magic wand i think it just did just a general level of support for for stories and 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 our people who tell our stories
0: no, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. But and I, but I definitely think you touch on a really important point about mental health because uh, it it really has been, uh, I think, especially through COVID, something, and not just across Australia, but around the world, people are really struggling with this. Uh, you know, not being able to socialize or connect, mm. or um, you know this has been the really important part of what we've been doing with empowering the artist and um, and and I, I will keep drilling it into people too the important thing of coming back to that connection and knowing that it's there because you know I think not just as not just as artists when I say artists, I mean actors, dancers, writers, whatever anyone in the industry um, directors, I just think people. Mm. need to feel connected i think that that's a really important part and i think as soon as there is a line where we don't feel that people can see us or hear us and and like exactly like you said it's just um it feels hopeless and so yeah and so mental health plays a a big big factor you know um i I don't know if you want to delve into it but i i'd love to hear a little bit more about your story or your your struggle with mental health because yeah no i
1: think it's i think it's i important to talk about um, it's really kind of been jammed home for me with the pandemic I think um, look as I touched on our business is tough and especially for those of the people listening that come to our school and want to be actors um, or want to be heads of department you know and cinematography wardrobe head costume costume head uh, makeup head uh, to get to the pinnacle of our industry is no easy thing to do. To get regular work in our industry is no easy thing to do, um, and it's something I've you know that, that, that it's I, I For me, it's always like while well, I'd love to go out and direct the next season of Westworld or be cinematographer on uh, you know an upcoming season of Handsmaid's Tale or something like that. You know, it's, it's my passion; it's where I want to be. But um, as long as I'm progressing in my career. I feel okay. So much of everyone who works in our industry, a lot of our identity is tied up in our career. And a lot of people don't necessarily understand that I've got friends who get paid quite well in it and all these kinds of things. And they can, you know, they go, Oh, such busy. I had to work on the weekend, but at least, uh, you know, but they can still, even if they work on the weekend, it's very separate. So, you know, they go, they've got their families and their friends and they go to the pub and they don't talk about, user experience design they may do if they're passionate about it but and they're good at it i'm not not discouraging that but for those of us in the industry what what do you spend 99.9 percent of your time talking about jess i'm guaranteeing it's probably the the industry even with your friends family like you're 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 like me you're from an industry family yeah you know very in in, uh, me too like my wife's in it my uh my in-laws are in it i'm in it my father was in it like it's it's so much part of my identity and i feel like if i'm failing at the industry <laughs> i'm failing at life so it's it's kind of when when your career is that entwined with with your your self-identity your self-worth um and i I've, i sort of spoke about this recently uh it's a friend i'm like do do I, do I want to separate it? I don't think I do, because, you know, people are like, well, you need to separate it, blah, blah, I'm like, well, I don't want to separate it. It's what I'm passionate about it. I, I, I live, breathe, uh, the telling stories, the film, the TV industry. And uh, when it's in a normal year, it's so hard, you know, you kind of look at the agent's books for directors or cinematographers saying, you know, we, we produce X amount of dramas a year. There's a lot more people than there is work. So in a normal year without a pandemic, It's tough to get a gig. Like, I I love Neighbours. I love Home and Away. But as I spoke about, I would, if Home and Away rang next week and said, we want you to come back and do a block, I'd do do a block happily. Um, I've still got really good contacts there. That may happen. I'm still currently working on Neighbours. Even if I did get a big job in the US, I would definitely... And Neighbours rang up and said, oh, look, would you love to come back and do a block? 100%. They're wonderful places, but we as professionals want to keep creating we want to tell new stories we want to move on i've got nothing but love for where i'm at at the moment but you want to progress and you kind of look at the amount of people that want to do what we want to do especially in this country uh, and especially like you spoke about with the tall poppy syndrome um that, that it's just hard you need you need to put your hand up and be counted to get those jobs but if you do then you're torn down by other people which then going back to the mental health thing, like, you struggle with as well. Like, do you want to be seen as someone who puts up their hand? Because I've been in discussions, people go, oh, so and is a jerk. You know, they, they only get blah, 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 because of blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, why are we that person down they're chasing every opportunity that they want? Like, should, should we be shit-talking them? No. They're chase. they're out there chasing, they're chasing their dream and it's what you need to do. You need to hustle in this industry. Um, so, yeah, I think now we're even in post pen. like, you know, we're... We, Current pandemic, as opposed to pre-pandemic, I think that's just brought it home for a lot of people that uh, you know, people that are get regularly getting work and that that are at the, the top echelon of the business. They're kind of, you know, they're like us. They're so much of their identity and self worth is tied up in the industry. So once you take that away, it's kind of like, well, what are we left with? Um, and it, 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 it and it's it's look, I don't know what the right answer is on on how much we t- should be tied up in it, but you are tied up in your passions. And, you know, we're very fortunate that we get to do what we love for a living, but with that come, comes it trickiness. It comes, it, it, you know, it, it's hard to separate that. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my kid, it, it, obviously, but it's just, um, uh, you know, the, I love my career. It's a bit to yeah. a very close second to my family and my family's involved in my career. So you know, when you start taking that away, it's, uh, it, it can be a struggle. And I know, I know of a lot of people that are struggling out there because you, you can't just go, well, I'll just go reskill or I, you can't just jump onto uh zip recruiter and go, I'll see what jobs are out there because that's not how our business works. Um, so, you know, when, when the, the phone stops ringing, it starts getting stressful. And I've got lots of friends who are in that situation at the moment. And um, I think we just need to look out for each other and, and be open about speaking about the mental health issues for our industry because it's um, it's uh, it's a tough one. I know especially for, for those of us who are in the creative roles such as acting or directing or cinematography. So um, if anyone is listening, um, reach out to someone, friend, Uh, there's plenty of services in 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 us and 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 australia so yeah you're not alone in any way shape or form Uh, no matter where you look um in the industry up left down sideways uh (laughs) there there is someone struggling as well Uh, it's a tough industry it's a very very rewarding industry uh it's I, i i've got a family because of it i've got friends because of it I've got a wonderful career and some accolades because of it. And uh, it's, you know, those highs are really, really high, but when it's tough, like it is in the world at the moment, it's, um, it is tough. So uh, keep your head up, uh, follow your passions, but uh, don't be afraid to talk about it. I think it's very important.
0: No, I, uh, I, you just, you say a lot of things that really, really resonate with me. Um, you know, I, I, what we do is so much of our self identity. And I think, you know, one of the one of the reasons that i love living in the us or you know specifically los angeles or new york is is this understanding and appreciation for it being considered such a a valid part of life you know that creativity <laughs> is so important yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas uh I guess the, the the country model of Australia is just not built on those values. It's not built on creativity, it's built on sport or it's built on yeah. you know um <laughs> farming and agriculture and that kind of yep. thing, you know. So that's that's where well, they instill values. But you know, at the end of the day for us, I mean I always I always said to people when I moved to LA, uh, I, I kind of think feel like I've found my people if that makes sense because being a being a child of actors in australia was so rare and people just did not get me and you know they made assumptions about you know like even even when i was going through school you know i take so much time off school to do work and stuff like that and the schools would always be like you know Ringing my mom, saying how I was gonna fail at life, you know, like how, like you know, because I'm taking so much time off that there was gonna be all these innate problems with my career, and uh, you know, both my parents at the time said, "Oh no, she's doing exactly what she's she's meant to do." But it was it is it was a big part of my identity, and 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 it still is. And to be honest it's through creativity that I've learned more about myself than I have through any other means. Mm. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I coach some of these kids sometimes too. And when I'm saying the kids, i mean some of our, our teens in our teen course, and I see the pressure that the schools put on them to excel to these huge feats, And you know the thing that i don't understand is also why can't we accept that not every person is made to be a mathematician or a scientist why can't Mm -hmm. we accept that being creative is such an important part of exactly what you're talking about psychology and mental health i mean there was a course i saw online recently that was using films study to actually as a cognitive behavioral therapy to talk about dealing with multiple sets of, of different sorts of, um, mental health or, you know, um, just personal traumas that have existed to people and and actually using films as a way to heal or educate or, Mm -hmm. and I thought, wow, how incredibly powerful that that is now happening. Um, And realizing the power of what we do, making people feel not alone, making people feel like their voices have, have value that their, that their stories have worth that their, that their souls, you know, (laughs) like that, that someone else knows what they feel. Um, And yeah, I just, I just, when you just said that too, when you feel like you're failing and you feel like you're failing at life, I just, it it just really, really, it really resonated with me because I think, and I know you go back to when you talk about what, why I'm pandemic be damned, but I actually think that was the major reason why my headspace has been so good is because I literally said to myself, I'm presented with this opportunity. How can I do what I love and how can I help myself get through this process so Mm -hmm. it's been giving back to actors it's been giving back to dancers it's been investing myself into film it's been writing projects it's been this podcast it's been you you know however I can use creativity to fuel myself and realize exactly who I am and the story I have and the power of my voice and honestly without it I don't think I, I don't think I would have survived. It's been yeah. my saving grace. So I think it's so, so important that you bring that up. Um, Side topic, so we talked about yes. Australia and what we'd want to make wave the magic wand. Yes. What about what's happening here in the States? I mean, I I shared that article with you about the, you know, Hollywood making, you know, uh, I guess the industry essential workers. What's your view on that? Like, what do you think that's going to shift and change for at least the Hollywood, the other side of the industry, where I think we didn't know what was happening really for the, you know, we've just been sitting in limbo. I
1: think it's really positive. Um, you know, America's... I, I've got nothing but love for America. You know, it's the, it's the home of what we do. Um, you know, it's the home of our industry. It's, and everything they do, they do with gusto. And as you were saying, you know, it's, it's just there they're in, in the States, being a creative is a valid career choice. We're here. It's seen as a hobby. Uh, you, oh, you're an actor? Well, what what do you do for work? Um, you yeah, you're a director? Oh, what do you do, actually do for work? Anyway, um, so I think that's... When that's are you going to get a one... real job? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I think that's what the wonderful thing about the States is that now that that has been declared, um, I was worried... Because of insurances and stuff like that, you know, insuring are number one on the call sheet if they go down with COVID, it, it, it will be tricky. But you kind of look to what the NBA are doing with their bubble in, in Disney World. Um, I think that there's no reason a film couldn't do that or a TV series. You get your cast and crew and you put them in a bubble and... Um, You know, while it's not ideal and again, touching on the mental health thing, you'd have to check in with everyone's mental health and make sure families are available and all that kind of stuff, but it's a positive step in the right direction. It is exciting because I'm noticing the releases aren't coming as thick and fast on um, my Netflix or (laughs) you know, uh, subscriptions. Um, I think they're probably holding on to projects and all that kind of stuff, I think. And also, obviously, the rate with which we're consuming content as a, as a pop- world population has never been greater. Um, so I, I think the opportunities uh, that are coming up in the States um, are just going to be amazing. Um, I really do. I think they're going to do it right um, and whatever the... You know uh, they they do things in private enterprise over there obviously the government <laughs> administration has its has its issues but private enterprise over there tend to do things um, fairly well especially uh, when the amount of money that we're talking about is involved and i think that uh, it's going to present a lot of opportunities for young writers young cast young directors you name it just because there's just i think we're in a content vacuum uh, we've been consuming content and not creating so i think that uh, place you know studios and including obviously Netflix and Hulu's and, you know, are studios now in that, that they're just going to, there's going to be a scramble for content. You know, things are going to be brought up on the production slate that will probably slated for later. Um, and I just think that the opportunities will be there as long as they do it, you know, safe and well, which I think they have, they, they, they have every potential of doing it safe and well, uh, you know, setting up production bubbles. Uh, they've got the infrastructure over there to do it, no doubt. Um, so that's exciting. I think um, I'm I'm very keen to uh, once the, the this um, administration lifts the immigration ban, uh, getting getting um, getting my show all together and, and, and trying to trying to join join everyone over there. Uh, I think it's a, it's an exciting time uh, and uh, something that I want to be a part of for sure.
0: Uh, absolutely, and and you will. I have, no doubt <laughs> that. I have no doubt in that um, actually just talking about things that you know that you would like to see because I think this is really important to, to also just you know get these conversations going as um, as someone that's now sort of moving into education for like directing or cinematography if do you feel like there's something that isn't being taught whether it be Australia or the US in terms of um, visuals or in terms of storytelling that you think is a really important thing that we should be starting to maybe address in education for young directors or cinematographers or if actors you know open to any F- interpretation
1: yeah uh that's an interesting question i'm trying to think of what i think is not being taught i mean it, it, dipping my toe in with teaching with um with you guys has just been wonderful uh like you said it's it's kept me sane during the pandemic uh and just talking to all you know from the teens right through to the adults um and just, you know, every, the, the energy and the positivity and the, the passion for what we do is, is really exciting. I think um, what what you do in particular, the business side of things, uh, is probably definitely maxed um, in, in in education for our industry. You kind of sign up and you go do a cinematography course at afters or you do a directing course at uh, UCLA or NYU or something. And then I, I can't speak from too much experience with those courses. But they don't prepare you for the business side um, and those ups and downs and the mental health issues that we're talking about. Cause uh, generally, as we touched on before, you, you tied up so much in this industry and it takes up so much of your time, whether you're working or not working, because if you're not working, you're working, getting the next gig. So I don't think that they teach the business acumen uh, as well. So, um, you know, whether that's getting agents, uh, how to get your first gig um how to maintain that gig? How to maintain show reels? How to uh, make it in the states? So, although all those like the, they can teach you how to direct the the process of directing, breaking down stories, breaking down scripts, camera angles, lens sizes, blah 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 blah. But when it comes down to the actual business of it, um, you know, obviously they teach that in producing courses. Uh, but I feel like for actors, you know, as you've you've said in to to all your your students acting is a business you are the business you know you you are your own brand you need and and that's the same for directing um Mm. directing and actors have 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 a lot in common you know that's why so many actors end up directing or or do both uh because you are the brand you know they talk about uh in meetings you know what director is creating noise uh you know what so it's like you if you're not being talked about you need to be talked about you need to understand how to get talked about you need to understand how to market yourself and I just don't I don't think that we're touching on that enough and I think that's what's so great um the about the courses that you do is that you do delve into that uh you do teach that um so I think that's really important I think it needs to be more widespread um and it needs to set people up uh and manage expectations um mm-hmm. I love people's positivity I love people's passion and I I don't want to go down the path at all Poppy. I, I encourage everyone to get into our business follow your passion follow your dream but you've got to manage those expectations if the first two years of your career don't necessarily think you're going to end up on you know a feature film uh, or one hour tv drama or you know it might even be as simple as if in six months I don't have an agent fuck it I'm quitting and I'm you know I'm like well no you've got to got to manage those expectations you yes know. It's okay. Well, I started a course now, and then maybe I'll get to do a short film. And then you look at the results, and you reevaluate. You set goals. You look at where you are on those steps to those goals, and then you re-evaluate to manage your expectations. Uh, it's awesome to have high and lofty lofty goals. I've got them. Um, you've got them. Every, uh, I'm sure everyone has has them. But you've got to manage those expectations on the way to those goals and reevaluate. Don't necessarily if you, if, if you know being a blockbuster feature film is that or if it's being in a narrative indie Sundance winner, then those are valid goals. Hold on to those goals, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater if you haven't got there in 12 months. Mm -hmm. Just evaluate what you have done. Keep that goal. Just move it, you know, and go, okay, well, what are the extra steps I can put in to get to that goal? Uh, Do I do extra classes? Do I do a business class? Do I do... Uh, more work with one-on-one. Do I, uh, where am I lacking? Speak to you. If you do book gigs, speak to your directors, uh, get feedback from people. It may not always be possible, but always try to get it. Always check in with people, check in with other actor friends, get them to evaluate your work. You know, don't do a self-tape alone if you don't have the opportunity. Get another actor to do a self-tape with you so you can talk about the choices you're making. Um, There is always something you can do to work on getting that next step. And setting and so don't 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 be discouraged if you don't hit your goal within 12 18 months but keep that goal by all means but just add extra steps in to get to that goal
0: yeah 100% I uh, uh, you know as you know goal setting is one of the things that we include in in the courses that we run and it's very specific because you know I think the idea of expectations you know (sighs) I also think that people set expectations that actually it gives them I was talking about this before but it gives it gives people permission to fail if that makes sense because yes. you set a huge expectation for yourself which you know is is very hard to reach in a business that is so competitive. Not, nothing is ever impossible and I say that to people no. that, nothing is ever impossible but if you set you know if if let's look at like an athlete. If you say, I'm going to get into the Olympics tomorrow and and for shot put, and I've never thrown a shot put, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, well, that's a that's a pretty big thing. A lofty so, goal. Yeah, yeah, it's a big lofty goal. Um, and then all of a sudden, oh, I failed. So, you know, I must be terrible or nothing ever yeah. works out for me. And you go into that sort of headspace. But really it comes down to the fact that you were setting something completely, you know, just be- beyond expectations. And you really weren't being fair to yourself too, because it is a marathon not a race so it's like you know set set things that you can actually do and feel good because then also when you start to tick things and you start to make these achievements you you just feel better about yourself and better about where you're going and you know that you're actually more in charge of your own life than you realize you're more in charge of your own career than you realize you know so i think that that's really really um really really key what about what about for actors like do you know is there is there a bit of advice that you can say in terms of expectations on set that might come in sometimes like when you get a new actor on set and they've come in they've got, like i don't know if there's like a war story there you know where you've had like this you know, young kid go on set and he's got these huge expectations. He's going to change the script around and do a lot of stuff. And you're like, um, look, this is great, but, uh, this is your role right here. Um, you know, <laughs> what, what advice can you give actors about, you know, managing their expectations when they finally do get that job and they get to walk onto that set?
1: Yeah. Awesome question. Um, look, the especially, uh, like I said, a lot of opportunities for people listening may come up and even some of your students I've had the joy of they've landed a role on a guest role on neighbors, whether that be a 50 word or a one app or whatever. Um, And that's going to be damn exciting. And it is damn exciting. And it's awesome. And it's going to open up opportunities. It may, you may have got it through an agent. You may not have got it through an agent. So then you've got the credit on IMDB and then, but the producers get to know you like it's, it's all amazing stuff. So Hold on to that because the experience can sometimes be a little, little bumpy. Um, it can be a little rough, uh, you know, because we're so time pushed and time poor. Um, so, just the best thing I can, first of all, prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, so basically, it doesn't matter if you've got you're a fifty worder or you're full on guestie or it's a three month role or a three year role that you've managed to land. Wherever that kind of lands. Prepare. Come prepared. Every uh, every director will love you for that. Uh, Try and reach out and get in touch with the director. Speak to your agent. See if you can get the director's email. They may or may not get back to you. Um, That's not a reflection on you. It just might be a reflection on how much time they've got. Um, We will have read the email, hundred percent, and we'll we either can feel we can address that question on set or if we don't get back to you or we will get back to you um we appreciate questions from actors 100 percent um especially because of the time time uh, issues uh as you said jess i have had actors come up on on set and go this is what i think this character do and blah 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 and i I love the passion i don't want to discourage that passion at all but understand the mechanism that you're fitting into like right so you're a 50 worder or you're a guestie there's 20 main cast let alone you know so and then there's you know there, as i said there's five directors um all directing different apps there's a producer there's a series producer there's uh script producers like you know it, it, it's not just as simple as you coming up and like going i'm rewriting this whole script come with choices hell yeah Come with, come at me with choices. Make those choices. It'd go in rehearsals thinking. I was thinking about saying the line this way. I'm thinking about. The, I'm all on board with that. Don't come with, with you know, a completely rewritten script because, um, you know, uh, that that's that's we just don't have the time for it. Um, so prepare. Get in touch. Um, and also. Try not to be intimidated. Uh, it's a very intimidating experience, especially if you haven't been on a set before. Um, and I, I, I say, I don't want to say professional set because short films are a professional set. Um, I, 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 I guess a high turnover set. Um, so, you know, we've got the budget on Home and Away, and we've got three grips, two gaffers, script supervisor. Uh, three art department like by the time you had it all up you got 50 people kind of standing around on set doing all their relevant jobs and they've all been together for so long and they've got in jokes and all that kind of stuff and you may hear laughing in the corner and all that kind of stuff and it may throw you off and it's it, it, it's an, it, not laughing at you like they, they, they're, they're well known to each other block everything out listen to your director listen to you co-actors uh it's an it can be an intimidating environment and if you're feeling intimidated don't don't be afraid to say to the director oh look i'm just uh you know i'm, I'm a little worried about this A little concerned you know and then we can say to our first ad shut the crew up move them on, like, or I can, or I can walk with, you know, or if it's, you know, if it's only a three hand or a two hand or something, we can take a walk up the beach a little bit further or down the, you know, down the street and have it, have that discussion. Don't be afraid uh, to talk to your director. Um, if you've got a speaking role and you're liaising with that director, talk to them, let them know how you're feeling. Um, you know it, it'd be, we'd, we'd be much more appreciated that about that than if you're sitting there kind of shitting your pants and we're wondering why we're not getting performance or you're forgetting your lines or stumbling over your lines like it's my job to create a safe space for you as an actor so i get the performance i want because i'm the one sitting in the screening room that ends up looking real good if you've done a great performance and you look good you know it's mm-hmm. a win-win for both it's a win-win for everyone on that show so don't don't be scared of the director um and don't be afraid to ask questions uh it's always good to have those questions prepared so uh and the the, the flip side of that is don't come on too arrogant or cocky either don't mm-hmm. you know you, you, like it's you, it, it's uh, it's really good to come with passion and joy and be excited those are positive emotions um arrogance like you know especially if you're coming onto something like you know a an australian set and you may have done one job in the states or whatever and you go well i just took this because i had nothing else booked like no that that's not going to get you you know that's that's you know i've I've had that vibe from you know guest actors where they've they've worked in the states and they've come onto a neighbor's or a home and away set and they've just taken it because well they needed the money well in their head they needed the money or whatever but it's, um, there's, it's, it's not a good look. Um, and you, you're going to run out of friends real quick. Um, and that does get back to the producer. Um, I liaise with the producer. And then, you know, if it's something like, they like say Neighbours, for example, then that whole company is run under Fremantle. So you kind of look at Fremantle and then that spreads like wildfire and it might come down to you and one other person for a casting and you were 2% better, but the other person was 100% better to work with and had less arrogance. I know who the producers are going to go with because it's about time and money. And, and if you've got yes. an arrogant actor who doesn't want to come to set or thinks that the job's beneath them, um, we're going to go with the, the passionate one every time.
0: I, I love that. This is actually a really good point to, to just end on because I was going to say that, you know, I think as an actor, you should really can classify yourself as an artist and no job should ever be beneath you. And if you don't feel that a job is suited for you for whatever reason, then don't take yeah. it. Because I, I hate the idea that someone's doing it just for the money because they can, because you know that there's so many artists out there. I'm sure there's a bunch listening right now that would be... Would, yeah. that would you know froth of the mouth to get an opportunity yeah. to, to, to even audition yeah <laughs> and like just to even get and that be- opportunity yeah so it's like to, to those, be- is that casting director oh I, I, and i've said it all i've said it all my life humility is it is, is is a wonderful quality and i've met some incredible um actors in my lifetime I mean i met susan sarandon once in news in new york which was like one of the greatest experiences of my yeah. life and she was so lovely and she sat down and had this conversation and i'm this girl from australia but she spoke about why i was in america and, and you know mm-hmm. what i was pursuing and you know if someone of that caliber can be that you know down to earth and and yep. friendly then you know what i mean i don't understand if you've done a cw show or whatever and you're thinking that you're well, above, I did it. you know i just i don't get it yeah. you know i so. did
1: an art piece with hugh jackman it was uh, a an, an australian artist who just needed some video footage of, of hugh jackman reading off a speech and You know, Hugh came up to set, and this is one of the biggest movie stars in the world. He's Wolverine, and it was a super small crew. It was me, the artist, and a sound guy. And he came up, no, you know, no pretense. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm going down to get a coffee. Can I get anyone anything?" And you know, like, so if Hugh Jackman can do that then you I'm not saying you need to get people coffee, but you can come to set with humility. We'd you know love like I mean? a
0: coffee.
1: I'd love a coffee. I'm not gonna refuse. I'm not gonna refuse it, you know. People shop flat white. Um but no, it's it's you know what I mean? Like if he can come yeah. to set with humility, uh, then you can too.
0: I agree. I agree. Um and on that, thank you
1: for thank you for um, having me. Oh it's my gosh, no. Fun.
0: It was it was so fun. And thank it's you. It's just like a hangout. So- it is like just, a hangout. It's, just, <laughs> it's just, we just, we just what we do. You know, we, just, we hang out and talk. This was our 3am thing that we're going to do. We're just going to like, we're, we're just prepping for that. So I yeah, should, great, you know, awesome.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next time I should just have a glass of wine and, you know, we we'll should try and make it. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, thank you. And is, is there anywhere that, you know, people can follow you or find you or like on your socials or something? So that uh, can- Yeah.
1: Look, I mean, I've got a photography account on Instagram. that has been a little bit dormant, but, May get a bit more active um, at Tony underscore Gardener, uh, G A R D I N E R. My personal Instagram account, which may be of interest uh, because I post more behind the scenes stuff on my stories and stuff like that, as opposed to just pretty photos of beaches, is at Tony underscore Gardener eighty one. Um, and yeah, if you search uh, search me out on Vimeo, I've got some old short films and stuff up there, which might be interest so yeah check it out
0: brilliant thanks tony thanks so much for joining us today really appreciate it
1: no worries thank you jess
0: and this is jess orchick signing out and thanks for letting us be heard